everybody. Welcome to another episode of All About the Star right here on the Chop Sports Podcast Network. My name is Dave Sturgill. I'm your host. I'll be taking you through week four of the Dallas Cowboys victory week. That's right. Another Dallas Cowboys win. That's three in a row here as we enter week five. It is Giants week. We're all excited about that. Obviously, I am. I always get jazzed up, a little extra jazzed up about Giants week, and it's a very special week for the Dallas Cowboys. But before we get into week five, we got to go back to week four just for a little bit. I know most people see this podcast come out on a Wednesday and they say, all right, put a bow on week four, Dave. Well, that's what I'm about to do. Okay. Week four was great. The Dallas Cowboys offense showed out the, you know, everybody, um, everybody was picking the Cowboys to kind of win this game because they were home. You know, Carolina came in as a three and O team and everybody was really high on Carolina, but you know, who'd they beat going into this? You know, who, who, who exactly, did they, you know, earn that number one defensive rank against? And and I think there was, uh, you know, a couple matchup problems for the for the Panthers going in, and the Cowboys exposed that right away. Um, I think there was a great great mix of the run and pass. I think that the you know Kellen Moore dialed up a phenomenal phenomenal game for the offense. Dak Prescott, though he didn't go over two hundred yards uh, of passing, you know. It wasn't necessary, you know, and those are the games you're going to win when those when those big games uh, through the air, you know, four or five hundred yards passing. We've seen Dak Prescott do it. It's typically because they're coming from behind or they're chasing the money or they're chasing the, the, the numbers at the end of the game. This wasn't necessary. Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Power, they did their thing on offense. Um, the Carolina Panthers have not met. Uh, an offense like this yet and everybody got involved Cedric Wilson Dalton Schultz Blake Jarwin everybody Amari Cooper with an amazing catch after being almost ruled out with a hamstring these guys are definitely starting to gel uh they're hitting a stride when they need to right now they're very you know they're playing very very well uh in the month of September now in come October their first game in October comes up this Sunday they got the New York Giants at 4 30. Before I get into them, obviously, there's a couple things that have bothered me about the Panthers game, and I'm not here to complain or I'm not here to, you know, just poke the bear or anything like that. It's it's unnecessary at this point. It's unnecessary to, you know, try to dissect anything that would have went wrong for the Dallas Cowboys. But I feel like there was a moment in time where, you know, they let their, their foot off the gas pedal a little bit. Trayvon Diggs. What else could be said about this kid? He is an absolute superstar in the NFL already. We all know this. This There's no debate. There's no like, well, you know, he hasn't covered anybody. No, he's covered all of the best receivers in the league so far, from from Mike Evans and that entire crew over in, in, in Tampa to, to doing it. Right after that with the, you know, Los Angeles Chargers and, you know, Keenan Allen and that crew and then doing it against the Panthers, DJ Moore. DJ Moore had his way in a couple, you know, couple different instances. Um, but again, and, and, you know, covering some of the Eagles, whatever the heck they got on offense going on over there. But Trayvon Diggs is an absolute star. Everybody knows it. Uh, what I do have a problem with is him being taken out of the game by Mike McCarthy. Uh, McCarthy called it player management, a.k.a. load management, which you hear a lot in the NBA when there's 82 games, right? 82 games in the NBA, they like to space out their guys. They like to, you know, give guys rest when necessary. And I think it's soft. I don't think it's necessary. For a 17-game football season in which they've added one game this year, which, again, is this going to be the new trend um, going forward? When you have you know, 17 games on the schedule and a bye that's worked in, which actually comes up for the Cowboys in uh, just a, a couple weeks. Um, what, where, when are these guys going to need their breaks? You know, when are they going to need their blows? I'm not sure if they should have done it when they did it because when the backups were brought in, Maurice Kennedy was brought in, who, don't get me wrong, 
has had a phenomenal, phenomenal camp. He had a great preseason. Uh, he, he had, you know, he was definitely intriguing, right? Uh, he was not intriguing this past Sunday. They let up a couple garbage touchdowns, which is why the score was so close. Uh, the game was an, in hand. In hand. It was a laugher, right? The Cowboys came out steamrolling uh, into the second half, and, and they took care of business in the third quarter. They took their gas, you know, their foot off the gas, and, and things just started to unravel a little bit. Kind of made me a little uneasy because why do I have to struggle? Why why does any Cowboy fan have to struggle at that point? That's not fair. You know, we've, we've been doing it for years. You know what I mean? Like, no lead is ever safe. And finally, when we start having our defense play well, we think this lead is safe. And it's not. So it was definitely more difficult to digest. Um, I, I will say that for starters. And again, they got the win. They're three and one. Their record are is what they say they are. You know what I mean? This is the kind of team right now with an NFC East that is relatively bad. You know, the Washington football team just beat Atlanta. Atlanta, to me, is one of the worst teams in the NFL right now. And, of course, the Giants are coming off a big win over the Saints, but is that like a flash in the pan type thing? The Eagles just got disheveled by the, the Kansas City Chiefs. That's two straight weeks that the Eagles gave up 40-plus points, uh, whether it be offensive, defensively, it doesn't matter. 40 points is 40 points on the scoreboard. It's not a good look uh, for anybody involved in Philadelphia. But I will say that the Cowboys probably have a firm grasp in, in, in which they control their own. And, and I'm saying that four weeks into the year because as long as they just keep playing these complimentary football games, they're going to run the NFC East. I don't foresee any team giving them the run right now. You know, Ty Taylor Heineke running the show in Washington doesn't scare me. We just beat the brakes off the Philadelphia Eagles, and now in come the Giants. But... Before I get to the New York Giants, there is some breaking, breaking news, and it's not breaking news as of right the second that you're watching this. It's already been covered throughout the news media and the Cowboys media. Uh, they finally de decided to, to how do I say this without saying, like, without being harsh, they've parted ways with Jalen Smith. Um, I say it straight up, cut him. They, they, they cut him. And it was so justified, so warranted, and so long overdue. Okay, I'm not one to say I hope that certain people lose their jobs. In life, I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy that's going to root for somebody to get fired. I'm not gonna, a guy that's going to root for somebody to never get employed again, right? But when you're the Dallas Cowboys, you have to hold your team to a higher standard. The Dallas Cowboys this year in particular, in particular this year, have shown that they're not, they're not playing with their hearts. They're playing with their minds. And the smart business move to make was to release Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith, I put out a video a couple weeks ago after the Tampa game, and it caught a lot of steam, and I've since deleted the video because I really couldn't take the notifications anymore. It was getting annoying, right? I know you can shut them off and stuff on, on Twitter, but it, it went viral, and people were like, wow, this guy is going in on Jalen Smith. And, you know, a lot of people are like, well, you should go in on somebody else. Uh, you know, go, go give me a Leighton Vander Esch highlight reel, you know? Jalen Smith has been playing bad football for over a year. And, and if you didn't realize that, then you're not watching Dallas Cowboys football like the rest of us. Jalen Smith almost has, has completely lost his ability to go lateral. He's lost his ability to clog a hole. The, there's no actual benefit to having Jalen Smith as a linebacker for your team. Okay, you can't call it leadership. Yes, is he a good dude? Absolutely, is a good dude. He's a he's a, a fine gentleman off the field. He's got his own brand. He's he's helping out communities. He's a good person. Okay, when it comes to football, and that's what we're in the business to do and to talk about is the game of football. 
He wasn't good anymore, and and I don't think there was a couple flashes of good, of good in his first couple years. You know the 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 scoop and score at Tampa Bay where he turned on the Jets. You're like, wow, Jalen's fast. And then like his first year, you know, kind of, not 2016, he sat out a year. But, but when he got to the field, people were like, wow, he could be something, right? Leads the team in tackles pretty much every year. But you know what? And nobody wants to talk about this. But the tackles, the tackles are down the field. The tackles are. 10 yards down the field. And I don't think it's it's something to it, there's just something to be said about that. There's something to be said about the fact that, you know, oh, Jalen leads the team in tackles. However, after an 8-yard gain, he's the first person on the pile. You know what I'm saying? Like the tackles weren't warranted. The tackles weren't a statistical thing that you could say like, man, he's flying around. He's making all the tackles. He, he really wasn't. He really wasn't and he wasn't very good at football anymore. And that's that's sad. But you know, you're talking about a guy who was the best linebacker in the country playing for Notre Dame. And that knee injury was absolutely brutal, catastrophic. The worst thing you could possibly wish for or see on a football field is Jalen Smith on the ground with that knee injury, right? The Cowboys did the feel-good thing. They drafted the kid, took a chance, had him sit, sit out a complete year, so you kind of wasted that pick for that season thinking that there was going to be promise. And was there? Was there a little hope? Yeah, sure, there was a little hope, but there wasn't enough. There wasn't enough for me to say, like, this is the future, this is our leader, this is Lawrence Taylor, this is this is any of the, this is our, our Ray Lewis. This is, it wasn't that. It was never that, you know? The writing was on the wall on draft day this year, okay? It was actually on the, the writing was on the wall before that. You know, when the Dallas Cowboys signed Keanu Neal from Atlanta and said right away that he would be converted to a linebacker, you start thinking to yourself, like, all right, well, well, that's cool. That's a good idea. You know, you can cover some tight ends. Like, okay, cool. But then you go in to the draft, right? You make the trade back, right? You trade back with the Eagles. You acquire another pick, and which turned out to be pretty good so far. You know, Golston's, you know, he's coming on. Um, but now you look at that pick, and it's Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons sat out last year. You know, he was touted to be the best linebacker in the class, and you know what? He is as advertised. He is that damn good at the sport of football. He flies around the ball. He can come off the edge. He can. He, can, he has a little bit of struggles in, in his coverage here and there. But overall, he's flying around. His motor is go, 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 right? Very, very high motor, high motor guy. Then you draft Jabril Cox later on. It's another linebacker. Then you basically say to Leighton Vander Esch, hey, we're not picking up your fifth-year option. Sorry, bro. You know, so when you're looking at this, the writing is on the wall. You acquired enough talent. You have decent guys way deep on your roster. Your Luke Giffords, your Francis Bernards, guys like that that people want to see, right? All the Cowboys fans, the ones that really study the team, they want to see these guys in action. They haven't been able to. They haven't been able to see these guys, right? So now the writing's on the wall. Jalen and Layton are out in 2022, right? That was 2022, here we are, week four, going into week five, 2021, and they've parted ways already with Jalen Smith. My theory is if you don't fit the Dan Quinn mold, if you don't fit this guy's scheme, you are as good as done. If you're given the keys to the castle right now, you, this guy was given the keys to this defense, and they said run with it. Do what you got to do. Get the players in here that you want. He's done that, but there's there's leftovers. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's leftover guys, one being Jalen Smith. Another one was it was Cheeto Awuzie. We didn't we didn't sign him back. You know what I mean? Like we let him walk to Cincinnati. You know, there was guys on this team that didn't fit the mold. The guys that do fit the mold, they're there. 
You know, they're there. They were drafted. You know, Jaron Curse, the guy's been balling. You know, he fits the mold. Long, lanky, gets up, gets a ball, makes a play. You know, these are all guys. The defensive line is different. You know, Randy Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence are are your cornerstones, literally and figuratively. But, like, those guys, again, they don't really – they, they were inherited. You know, I don't foresee them going anywhere. I think Randy Gregory, especially with the release of Jalen Smith, this frees up some money as Gregory's contract is going to be up. That's That's got to get done. That is almost priority number one. Uh, in the in the offseason is to get Gregory signed because I think he's one of the best defensive linemen pound for pound in this league. He can be. And we got him for a full season this year, which is, again, something that we've never had. This team is constructed to win now, and Jalen Smith did not fit the mold. So best of luck. You're a good guy. Wherever you do land, I'm sure we'll be a team that's either in contention and will probably see you down the road. But as far as I'm concerned, Jalen Smith – you overstayed your welcome, bro, and it's over. It's absolutely over for you, and, and you know, as a Cowboy, it's done. Now, flip side of the coin, there's somebody out there now, as we record this a little late in the week, as far as, like, your 12 o'clock hour on Wednesday to release in the afternoon, Stephon Gilmore was, you know, they're, they're parting ways with Stephon Gilmore in New England. Now, when I look at Trayvon Diggs, I say he's probably one of the bigger stars in the league. He's pretty, you know, one of the lockdown corners now, premier corners in the league. Now, the other side of him is Anthony Brown. And while there's flashes of good and there's flashes of bad, why not lock down that other side of the ball? Like, every time this happens, every time somebody gets released, the first thing that every Cowboys fan says, go get him, go get him, go get him, right? And it never happens. Like, we're not in that. We're not in that business. The, the Dallas Cowboys, which I know they say, Stephen A, uh, Stephen A, Stephen Jones is the one to say, talent acquisition is a 365-day operation, 24-7. They're always looking to add. They're always looking to get better, blah, 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 blah. Well, this is your chance to do that and prove everybody right. You can't just blow smoke up our ass and say, like, well, we're always looking to get better. Well, this will get you better. This will get you a lot better. If you think this team right now at 3-1 and one, going into October is special, Special enough to at least get yourself in the dance, the dance that you missed last year, okay? If they get into the dance, anything can happen. Everybody knows that. Any football fan in the right mind knows if you get into the tournament, whether you're hot, cold, you know, indifferent, if you're in there, you can make a run. If the Dallas Cowboys think they can make a run this year, they have to make a run at Stephon Gilmore right now. I don't know how much he's going to cost. The, the, the salary cap is a myth. Everybody always thinks like, well, you know, I don't know. Like, it, they'll have to make it work. They'll make it work. Everything works. You know, they could do this and pull from here and make this guy restructure and this, that, and the third. Signing bonuses left and right. They can make it work. The, the, the financial thing is not, that. to me, that's a myth. It's the long term, right? Stefan Gilmore was supposed to be on PUP for the first six weeks of the year. Now he's off that list because now he doesn't have a team. Right, so now you look at a guy like Stephon Gilmore. He could sign right now, play tomorrow, and I think that that's what he's going to do for a contender. He'll probably take a little bit of a pay cut this year because he wants to make up into that fifteen million dollar range next year, right? Where it's going to be like, holy shit, you're really breaking the bank for Stephon Gilmore. But this year, he might take half that to get back on the field, show that he's got the skill, show that he's not hurt, and ball out, and then secure the bag next year. And I think he's going to do that. I think that's the route that Stephon Gilmore takes, whether it's the Cowboys, the Bucks, the Packers, uh, the Ravens, the Chiefs. Like, a lot of these teams need secondary help. You know, the Packers are dealing with injuries. 
The Ravens are dealing with injuries. A lot of these teams are dealing with injuries. The Bucs are dealing with injuries. The Cowboys are the only ones in the secondary that don't really have anybody hurt, but they could just add him to add to the defense. I think that should happen. But I digress. I digress. You get, you, you, we can't go too crazy about the guys that you can't control. Right now, the Cowboys are, are either A, in it to win it, or B, they're just, they like the guys they have. And we all hate that phrase. In Dallas Cowboys media, you do not like, we, got, we like the guys we have phrase that you've heard over and over and over again. Stephon Gilmore is an absolute upgrade from Anthony Brown, from Jordan Lewis, from any of your rookies, Kelvin Joseph, or, or um, who's the other one? Nashawn Wright. This is the, the definitely an upgrade. Do I believe in those other guys? I know that Wright's coming back, right? I mean, I'm sorry, Joseph's coming back soon. He's going to be back. Like, do I believe in those guys? Sure, they could be ballers. I get it. I, I, that's why you draft them, right? He's a second-round draft pick was, uh, was Calvin Joseph, right? That's why you draft him. But if you think you're in win-now mode, now's the time. Let's do it. Pull that trigger. We'll be back after this. What's going on, guys? This is Sturch, and I got a question for you. Have you ever dreamt about flipping a house or buying an investment property? I know I have. There's a reason why house flipping is out of reach for most people, and that's because of a lack of information. Flipping made easy is for people like you who feel drawn to the world of house flipping, but they don't have a clue as to where to start. Check out FlippingMadeEasy.com. Here, you'll find comprehensive and easy-to-understand information about every stage of the house flipping process. You'll receive access to millions of houses ripe with flipping potential. Hundreds of expert guidance explained through research articles and easy-to-understand video content. And thousands of vendors for all of your house flipping needs. Subscribe to FlippingMadeEasy.com and become part of the flipping community. Right now, if you use the promo code CHOP, you'll receive a free t-shirt and a 30-day, that's right, 30-day money-back guarantee. That's FlippingMadeEasy.com. All right, we're back. Hey, listen, we have been talking all this time live from the Flipping Made Easy studio here in Matawan, New Jersey, for all about the star. Uh, brand new Cowboys podcast. We're still relatively new. We're still trying to grow. Um, so if you're hearing this and you like the podcast and you like the content, be sure to share it with your friends, your Cowboy friends, everybody that you know, share it. Let everybody know what I'm doing over here as a solo project uh, because I love my beloved Cowboys. I do have a Cowboys podcast entitled the Jersey Boys Podcast, which is currently on the block. Logging the Boys Podcast Network. Go check those guys out. Uh, along with myself is Brett and Keith Ernst. Um, and we have a great time with them. And Blogging the Boys is one of the biggest uh, reaches. It has the biggest reach in Cowboys Nation. Uh, so we're excited to be a part of that. But as far as I'm concerned, this is the one where I can pull no punches. I can tell you if a guy sucks or not without feeling too, too bad, you know. So we're back. It's Giants week. Now, look, there's a special feel in the air. Not a special feel. Just kind of maybe even a nervous feel in the air uh, when it comes to Giants week. Because this is the game. It'll be 364 days to the day. So almost one year exactly that I sat on my dad's couch and I watched Dak Prescott snap his ankle on national TV. It was the worst feeling in the world as a fan, as a person. You see Dak's tears in his eyes, you know, putting up the fist, telling everybody he's going to be okay. Like, that changed a lot for, obviously, the Dallas Cowboys, but me as a person, like, that, that, it's just one of those things that will stick with you forever. I remember the feeling of just sitting there in my own tears. Not even, I'm not joking with you. This is why, this is how much this team means to me. I'm sitting there just heartbroken heartbroken that it happened to him in particular after everything he's been through. Uh, but here we are, 364 days later, he's taking on the same team that broke his ankle last year. 
Now, I know he thinks about it because the media is going to make him think about it, right? So he's already tried to you know, go past this all and play this season and forget about the injury and forget about the shoulder and forget about this, forget about that, and just play ball. And he's doing that so far. He's 3-1 and one as a starter. The Cowboys are rolling. The offense looks great. Um, going into this game in particular, the Giants are coming off a win off the, over the Saints in overtime in which Saquon Barkley looked good. Daniel Jones wins NFC uh, Offensive Player of the Week. So all of a sudden, the Giants and their fan base are getting excited because this is the potential that they saw that they had. It's not too little too late. There still is 13 more games to play, so the Giants have time to improve over time. This might be the, the the roadblock that they didn't want to get into right now because the Dallas Cowboys have won three straight. They've beaten two of three good teams. You know what I mean? The Panthers were good. Their defense was good. They beat up on them. They beat up on the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't think the Eagles are any good. Uh, but they beat up on the Chargers, and the Chargers are apparently being touted as the team to beat in the AFC now because of their big win the other night. So it's like, okay, cool. So we took down those guys already. You know, I'll see you again. You know, I would definitely see you again in February if that was the case. And we could definitely take care of business again. But now the Giants are coming in. The Cowboys are playing good. Today, as we record this on Wednesday, it is the first practice in five years that the Dallas Cowboys are hosting without Jalen Smith on the field. And by, by that, even the, the year he took off, he was still there every practice, right? So this is a weird feel. It's a weird dynamic. It's a weird thing to do midweek. But something might have happened, some, some kind of disagreement. I don't know what led into a Jalen Smith release as abrupt as it was. But it happened, and now it's a weird, uh, it's definitely going to be one of those icky feelings that you just go to practice. You're like, okay, where's nine? Uh, the fact that I'm even calling him nine is disgusting in its own right because I don't believe that he should have ever been given that number. Uh, but he was, and and he got the same treatment, folks. You know, he, he got replaced by younger kids. Tony Romo got replaced by Dak Prescott. Even when Tony was healthy, that was it. He wasn't coming back. It was over. You know, so he got the Romo treatment, wearing the same number. Uh, but the Giants come in. They pose a threat on defense. I still think they're pretty good on defense, uh, regardless of what their record says. Um, it's going to be a lot closer than everybody thinks. You know, there's a, the Cowboys aren't going to go beat the brakes off the Giants like they did the Eagles. Um, could they? Yes. Is there explosive firepower to do so? Absolutely. Uh, will it happen? Probably not, because I think the Giants always play us well. I think the Giants always play us tight. I mean, I know some of the scores in the past might look different, but it's always a stressful one. The Cowboys did wind up winning last year, despite the fact that Dak went down. You know, Andy Dalton came in, dropped a couple dimes, and the Cowboys still wind up winning that game. Uh, I think they got three wins after that, maybe, if that. Um, but I will say, the Giants pose a problem. Uh, Daniel Jones has not turned the ball over as much as we had all hoped and liked. He hasn't done it. So, you know, let's see if he gets back to those good old days of turning the ball over. The Cowboys have now forced a turnover in, I believe, nine straight games. Uh, Trayvon Diggs leads the league in interceptions. He also leads the league in interceptions. And when I say that, he's the top corner, right? But he's got more interceptions than every other team in the NFL right now. So that's something to be said for I think the Giants are going to struggle towards you know down the stretch. I think they come out swinging. Maybe Saquon scores one. I, I, I keep telling myself this, and I have to tell myself this every week. Every time I give a score prediction, I have to keep in mind that I'm actually predicting that the opposing team is going to score. So I can't say if the Cowboys are going to win every game 35 nothing. I would say that like oh there's no way we can give up a touchdown. But it happens every week. I give you know I gave Carolina 17. I think I gave Philadelphia 20. I think I gave uh, Chargers 24. It doesn't matter. I give these guys points, but then when it happens on the field, all right, and I'm like, oh, I can't believe they let them score there. 
And I'm like, well, you did have him scoring a couple points, so that's going to happen. But as far as my prediction is concerned, as we get out of here, the Dallas Cowboys are playing very well right now. Their defense is playing real, real good right now. And the Giants offense might have hit a nice little week, right? The Saints are a Jekyll and Hyde team since their record, you know, hence their record, two and two, you know, two games where they looked really good, two games where they looked really shitty. So I don't know what to make of the Saints. I predicted the Saints not to make the playoffs this year, maybe even under 500. I said that earlier. So that's not, to me, this is not a surprise. I did predict the Giants to win six, seven games. I did. So I have the Giants as the most improved team outside the Dallas Cowboys in the NFC East. However, this week, the Dallas Cowboys are going to score some points again. They've scored 30-plus in two straight games. They'll do it again. This time, I'm going to give the Dallas Cowboys 33, and I'm going to give the Giants 17. So it's not going to be as close. It might be close in the beginning. 33-17, the Dallas Cowboys go to 4-1, and one, and people really start to take these guys serious now. I'm not sure you know, how many talking heads are going to really appreciate the fact that Dak Prescott is that dude. I think they have a problem admitting that, and that's a problem for me because these other mainstream networks, it's just it's unfortunate that they don't give them the credit that they're deserved. But it is what it is. The Dallas Cowboys win this week. Give me them all day, 33-17. The Cowboys will move to 4-1, and and next week we'll come back, and I think I'm going to have a guest next week to join me as we are now what? By that time, we'll be five games deep in a 17-game season, basically one-third of the way, a little bit less than one-third of the way through the season. Where do we have the Cowboys? We'll discuss that. But I want to thank you guys for joining me here on the Chop Sports Podcast Network for All About the Star. This has been fun. It's always fun talking Cowboys. I talk Cowboys every day anyway, so might as, might as well put it out there on the airwaves, right? So subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends. Buy some merchandise on chopsports.shop. Support the brand. I'm wearing one right now, the Chop Sports hoodie, one of the most comfortable hoodies I've ever worn in my life. And I'm not just saying that. I literally got it yesterday. I'm like, holy crap, this is really nice. Um, but yeah, so for that, thank you guys for listening, and I'll see you guys next week. Let's go Cowboys. Uh-huh.